Welcome. This is Karen Modakaitis, and you're listening to How She Really Does It, the place where inspiration and possibility meet. Do you have the voice of, I'm not enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not pretty enough, thin enough, strong enough, smart enough. You are not alone, my friend. I used to believe I was the only one. And then I met Brene Brown. And she had actual research that showed us I was not alone and many of us struggle with not enough. I've always known it because of the work that I've done, but I love the fact that I have research. I'm just a nerd that way. I don't want to do the research, but I love that there's research out there. And I'm so thankful for people like Brene Brown who will go out and do this research. So as we wrap up for 2017, you're soon going to be inundated with make big plans for 2018, change your life, yada, yada, yada. But how do you turn your turnaround, I'm not enough, to having a daring year for yourself? And what the heck does that mean? First, it starts with an invitation to you. Commit to yourself. Really commit to yourself. This is what I want to focus on. And start today, as soon as you're done with this podcast, start today committing to yourself of turning around, I'm not enough, to I am enough. While I do have a group coaching program coming up, you don't have to go through it to do this work. You just have to commit to you. And remember, this is a practice. There will be more falling down moments, especially in the beginning and throughout the year. And yes, commit to yourself for a year because it takes time. We need a long runway and we need to be able to practice and have the space instead of thinking, I'm going to change my life in a week or in a day. That's just unrealistic. Give yourself a year. So commit for a year. I like years, obviously. Change takes time. It takes practice. It takes falling down. It takes getting back up. Go back and listen to so many of the shows that I have here, whether they're mini shows, interviews with Brene, go back. Those can be your support seats. So I invite you, give yourself a year. So let's first start with turning around. I am not enough to I am enough. These are the stories that we tell ourselves and I, you must first get to know them. When my clients first come to me, they have no idea that there's even a voice in the back of their head. It's like so automatic programming, they're not even aware. And then they start working with me. They go, oh my gosh, Corinne, there's a lot of noise in the back of my head. And you may recall that voice. So pay attention to those stories. I call them stories. I call them thoughts. Be a compassionate observer. And what that means is sit in a place of compassion where you're not in a place of judgment. You're not in a place of fear. You're really compassionate. You have kindness and you listen and you say, wow, listen to this story in my head. I'm not enough. I'm a fraud. I'm not really good at my job. If people knew that I had this position, they would laugh. If people knew who I really was, they would laugh. There's so many of these voices and so many of us, well, Brene's research says there are actually people out there that do believe they're enough. I have a whole clientele full of people and highly educated, very successful, 
who believe they're not enough and who will beat themselves up. So the group of people that I have, and that if this is resonating with you, you're part of it. And that's okay, because we can do our work out of it. So check in with those stories that you're telling yourself. Be a compassionate observer. No judging is allowed. Just notice, what are the stories? What are the stories you're telling yourself? Pay attention and watch. Totally from a place of curiosity. Let go of the judger in this process. And when you notice these stories, pay attention. How do you feel? And this is where you're going to have to develop a feelings intelligence where you're understanding what is going on with your feelings. You're going to feel it physically and you're going to feel it in within your emotions. And so I like to have a feelings menu for my clients. And here's some of the positive feelings, love, compassion, joy, gratitude, awe, playfulness, ease, creativity, caring, growth, curiosity, confidence, empowerment, appreciation. If you take any of those feelings and you can get yourself rooted in that and you take action, it's a fun place to live. But most of us are on the feelings of negative feeling state, shame, which is one of the most toxic feelings. It's the voice of I'm not enough. And it's so like, as I'm talking about shame, I can feel the tension in my shoulders and my arms run up and down. Fear, disappointment, anger, frustration. Those are the negative feeling states. How often are you in one of those feeling states? So get to really identify what thoughts create what feelings. What feeling state are you in a majority of the time? Pay attention to that. You may be used to living in a negative feeling state. And I usually call that the a bad neighborhood. You're in this bad neighborhood where the stories that you're telling yourself is like from a scary movie. And the feeling state that you're in is usually fear and shame. And you just want to either get small or puff up and get really big. And then some of us will approve a whore. We think, oh, if I can just please this person, then I can, can out hustle this feeling. But really what happens is we feel slimy and need to take a shower afterwards. So when we're rooted in shame, fear, disappointment, anger, and frustration, how do you show up? How do you show up in your life? When I'm in fear oh my gosh, or when I'm in shame, I tend to hide away. I can really shut down depending on what the situation is. I'll hide away and I'll just keep playing these tapes over and over my head, which only makes it worse. I can also, one of my go-tos is going gladiator. It's like, you're going to mess with me, bring it on. I'm going to mess with you. And usually it's inner gladiator where I go and beat the crap out of myself. I can't believe I said that. That was so ridiculous. Who do I think I am? On and on and on and on. And as you know, I've been a recovering approval whore. There were times in my life too, where I would go and try to get somebody's approval and I would whore myself out. And it's so important to use that particular language for me because that helps me remember that is a boundary that I will not cross. Doesn't mean I don't cross because sometimes I catch myself there and I go, holy moly, I'm out of alignment. Come back to me. Come back to me. And it's because I'm rooted in shame. And those are the three shields that I'll use to try to take a disconnect from shame. We think we can outrun it. We cannot. And when we act in those ways, either hiding away, approval whoring, or going gladiator, whether it's on ourselves or others, 
the cost is really great because then it we are not getting the results that we want. For some of my clients, going gladiator can be emotionally beating themselves up. It also can be eating, drinking, working too much, right? So it can be offloading their pain to somebody else. So by paying attention to where you're rooted, we don't want to take action when we're rooted in those negative feeling states. What we want to do is understand what are the stories that we're listening to that are creating that. And the place to do that is from the compassionate observer. Compassion is self-kindness. It is common humanity. You're not alone. And you know from here, you're not alone. You're not the only one going through this. You know, from Brene's work, you're not alone. That's why she's creating this whole movement or this whole movement is flocking towards her because people are realizing it wasn't just me. And she's given us a language and a lens to look through. Being a compassionate observer means there's no judgment. You're paying attention. You're coming from a place of curiosity and you're willing to feel a bit uncomfortable because all of a sudden you'll be like, oh my gosh, I'm doing this. Go back to being compassionate to yourself and process and just write it down. What are the stories? What am I feeling? And the other part of compassion is the mindfulness aspect. And that is when you're able to understand your thoughts and your feelings and not get attached to them, not get attached to them. So I can sit here and say, oh, I'm a loser because that's one of my limiting core beliefs that I've had for I don't know, I figured I made it up at some point in my life. I know that's one of my limiting core beliefs. And I know that that can trigger shame in me when I'm attached to it. But I realize it's not true. So I, it's out here and it's when I choose to believe it, it's one of the lies I choose to believe. Okay, so mindfulness is understanding your thoughts and your feelings and not getting attached to them. We will have shame storms. And we will shut down, which is hiding away, or react, going gladiator, or approval horror, which feels slimy, and afterwards we want to shower. So as you go through this process, there's still going to be shame storms. And being shame resilient is not about being resistant to shame. It's not about never feeling shame. It's about understanding shame and learning how to move through it. One of my favorite quotes of Brene's is, owning your story and loving yourself is one of the most bravest things you can do. Because when we can own our story, like I can own my story of, oh, I have this core belief of I'm a loser, but I can love myself because I can realize that's not true. And then I can be brave and realize I'm not a loser. That's being brave. When we can own who we really are, when we can own our strengths, we can own our weakness. We can say, this is who I am. I'm not the perfect mom, wife, friend, employee, spouse, husband, um, whoever you are, right? Daughter, son, we're not supposed to be perfect, but we, we put ourselves up to that standard. So own your story and love yourself. Now here's something really important because you might be frantically writing notes. Give yourself some time to get to know your stories and how these stories make you feel. Get to know some time because this is deep work. And it takes time. And we have been taught that it's not our thoughts that create our feelings, that it's our circumstances. Or it's somebody did X to me, and that's why I feel this way. They may have done X to you, but then it's what you make it mean. It all goes back to the stories you tell yourself. That's why two people can be having the same experience, the same circumstance, but because of different stories, 
will have different feelings in that same situation. So give yourself time. Like, you know, when I was thinking about this for the show, I was thinking, oh, give yourself three months. It's all going to depend. How, how much engagement are you doing? You know, how much are you paying attention to your brain? And it doesn't mean that you have to be perfect or you have to work really, really, really hard and overachieve on personal development. It's about being mindful. You can start in the early mornings by writing down, you know, doing a decluttering of your brain, getting all these thoughts out and just like seeing, ooh, what am I, what am I saying to myself? What's inside of my brain every day? It can be as you're driving around. Instead of pulling out your phone when you're waiting for a meeting at work or to pick up somebody, be with your thoughts. Don't attach to your thoughts. Be with your thoughts. We pull out those phones and what it allows us to happen is I call it a pa- the human pacifier. We don't have to be present. We can distract ourselves. So before going into a meeting, be with yourself. Pay attention to the stories, right? You may not want to do deep work before you go into a meeting, but start to get to know your thoughts. And then when we talk about how do you work on changing them, we'll get to that. So remember, this is deep work, okay? And it takes time. So once you've identified certain ongoing beliefs, I invite you to question them. So for example, my you know favorite belief of I'm a loser, it's as simple as, is that really true? When I used to tell that, when I finally uncovered that belief year, many years ago, I would tell that to some of my friends and they'd look at me with like the most perplexed look like you, how could you even believe that? Because what they saw of me was so different than what I was choosing to believe about myself. And notice I said, choosing to believe about myself. And they didn't understand. So one is, is it true I'm a loser? No, it's not true. Have I lost? Yes, but that would be like in races, like because I don't know how you lose in life. Have I made mistakes? Absolutely. Have I screwed things up? Absolutely. Am I a loser? No, it is not true. So question, is it really true? And give yourself a constraint of only yes or no. Only yes or no. Byron Katie has the work. I think it's really high level work. I don't like to introduce it to clients in the beginning. She's been a guest on the show. And you could do her four questions with the turnaround. Or you can just ask yourself, is that really true? Is that really true? Yes or no? So, and then realize, oh, I'm telling myself lies. I'm believing lies. And my hunch is because you're here, authenticity is probably really important to you and integrity is probably important to you. Those are my core values. So when I think of, do I want to be a person who lies to herself? Absolutely not. And how often have I been lying to myself? How often have I been believing those lies? Quite a bit of my life until, until the last 10 years. So you're going to need to work on your mindset and the stories you tell yourself. Stop telling yourself lies. Stop beating yourself up with the intention that you will then do better. It does not work, at least over the long term. And it may work in the short term, but it doesn't work in the long term. And these rules of not beating yourself up, um, being kind to yourself. Remember, compassionate people have boundaries. So when I say be compassionate, it doesn't mean, oh, it's a free for all and you can do whatever you want. You can stay out all night. That's what a teen's version of compassion is. But an adult's version of compassion is we have boundaries. We take care of ourselves. Here's what's okay. Here's what's not okay. Beating yourself is up is not allowed. 
And remember, this is deep work. It's going to, it's going, it's ongoing work. It is a practice. And yes, you will make mistakes. Give yourself permission to make mistakes. Practice gratitude along with compassion. And notice when you're rooted in one of these two feeling states, how do you show up differently in your life? So now that you can work on that, I'm not enough to, I am enough. It doesn't mean that you won't grow, you won't learn, because we will. We're afraid of that, right? So if we say, if I'm not enough, then I can't be complacent. But we go, I am enough with all these things left undone, with the with the to-do list left undone, with me not being, you know, where I want the end point of my career. You're but you're developing, you're cultivating who it is you want to be, whether it's in your professional life or your personal life. And you can be enough from that place. And when you can get rooted in I am enough, when you can get rooted in there, then you can have a daring way for you, daring way. Then you can have a daring year for yourself. And what does that mean? It means showing up in your life. It means being present, having connected, loving relationships, having courageous leadership in your life, both at work and in your home, doing work you love leading others, whether they're employees or family members, and don't ever forget yourself. Having a daring year means allowing yourself to be seen, allowing others to see you and get to know you. It means owning your strengths, again, in the workplace, at home, in your life. Being a leader in your life is about you being able to show up as you where then you can offer value to those around you. It's not to hell with you all. I'm just going to storm through and nobody else matters. It means about how can you contribute and add value in your life, in other people's lives, and in your work life. There's all these arenas that we have. And sometimes adding value means being there and hearing them, seeing them. It doesn't have to be these big, hairy, audacious goals. doesn't mean that you have to be on the cover of some magazine, right? It doesn't mean you have to have so many Facebook friends. We've talked about that here before. So a daring year for you, what does that mean? How, how does that mean for you after I've given you those thoughts? And I want you to think about that. What does a daring year for you mean? Showing up in your life. You must be rooted in self-compassion. You're going to need to be brave. Because when you go and have a daring year, when you go and create what you want, whether it's a connected, loving relationship that's committed, whether it's cultivating a group of friends, whether it's having connection with your child, whether it's being able to show up work that you just know in your inside of you that you can deliver, but that voice of I'm not enough keeps stopping you and you, you wind up sabotaging yourself right out of a job. Daring year is about you showing up in your life. You're going to need to be brave. Remember that I say that a lot. Being brave. I hated that when I first found that. I didn't want to be brave. I really just wanted to be on easy street. Come on. Wasn't my life hard enough growing up that I didn't have to be brave anymore? That's what I really thought. And I realized bravery, while it's my top value, when I did the VIA, when it's my top value, It's also what I lean on and it's what I need in my life so that I can show up so I can be fully me. You'll have to practice your mindset 
And what's, what are the stories in your brain? And paying attention to them and checking in with them and changing them to what is actually true. What is your truth? Like, I truly believe I live an amazing life and there are shit shows everywhere. I don't focus and dwell on the shit shows. I used to, you know, remember, live in the swampland, pitch a tent, build a campfire and invite people to dwell on my shitstorm stories, right? And how I was so wronged. Now I realize I'm moving through the swampland. I have good people around me and I realize I have an amazing life. And then there are certain areas where there's work that needs to be cleaned up. It's no different than a clutter in your house. Maybe it's a drawer. Maybe it's a closet. Maybe it's a room. Maybe it's your garage. And it's an area that is a shitstorm. And you physically are like, okay, I've got to declutter that, take it all out and put it back in. That's what managing your mindset is. And in this daring year for you, you will practice shame resilience and shame resilience is about falling down and getting back up. It's about, oh, I'm starting to feel shame. Why am I feeling shame? What's the message inside of my head? The message is you're not enough. Who do you think you are? You're a fraud. You're stupid. You're a loser. There's all those voices in the back of your head and you can't do it. You're not good with money. Who do you think you are? It's possible for other people, but not for yourself. Notice those voices because that they're going to come to try to trip us up. And then we check in and we get ourselves back up. We feel the shame. You and really feel it. Allow yourself to feel it instead of run away from it. Feel it. Identify it. Notice where it is in your body. Understand the stories. Question the stories. And then learn to move through it. Practice gratitude. Practice compassion. Get yourself rooted in there. And then work on loving you loving you, loving you now, loving you right now as you commit to your daring year. Love yourself right now as you commit to choosing you are enough right here, right now in the hot mess of your life. That is what I invite you for this next year to commit to you. Again, I have a group coaching program. You're invited to take a look at it. There will be a link in the podcast show notes and I'm doing uh interviews right now for the groups because I want to make sure that we have the right fit. But you don't need to do it with me. You can also go do it alone. Know who you are and know what you need. There's some things that I do on my own and there's some things that I need to do with somebody else because I, whether it's the structure or it's easier for me to honor commitments to myself. You know, I talk about, I go to my, um, back class where I drive 45 minutes away to go do my physical therapy. It's a group, it's a group, it's a group coaching class is what it is. Essentially. I could, I have all the tools. I could do the exercises in my home, but I would rather drive and go and do that. One is there's other people. So I'm not by myself. Two is my physical therapist will work me really hard and make sure that I'm doing the exercises correctly. Cause you know, even though I've been doing them now for really for 10 months with him. And then I've done it for many years with him on and off. But 10 months of going to this group and I made myself make a commitment to a year because I do love the year format. I said, well, test this out for a year, commit to it for a year. It seems ridiculous to drive 45 minutes to go work out for an hour to drive 45 minutes home, but commit to it for a year and see, then reevaluate. Do I want to continue with this group format? But one thing that I do know is while I could do it at home in a fraction of the time for me to drive up there, 
it's, it's the support I need in that aspect of my life because the brain juice that I have to focus and use myself to honor my commitment to myself and to make sure that I have, you know, my back in the right position or my chest in the right position on a particular exercise, that's not where I want to spend my energy or even the energy of working hard or saying, okay, what do I do next? When I go up to the class, I don't have to worry about what I'm doing next because I'm told and then I get to show up and really focus on my form and then my form gets adjusted. So the group coaching program is a lot like that. You can do this on your own. If you want to do it with another group of people and realize that you aren't alone, there's so much power in the common humanity piece and hearing somebody else's story and watching somebody else get coached and realizing like, oh, what insights can I gather for that for me? And then having the tools and the practices laid out for you. But again, you can do this too. And one more thing that's really important as you go through your daring year and towards enoughness is Know who the people are who've earned the right to hear your story. Know who the people are who are in your support seats. And it is okay. Give yourself permission if it's not your spouse or your best friend or your parent or your adult child. They may not have the capacity right now. They may be feeling your shame. They may not have the capacity and it is okay. Give them permission that they can sometimes be on your list. And maybe for this work, they may not need, they may not be able to. And that doesn't mean that they won't later on. It just means for right now. But there are people there. And the most important person on that list is you. You have earned the right to hear your story. Own your story and love yourself. That's the boundary. I'm really excited for you. I talk about this all the time. Commit, practice, commit and practice. Be deliberate, make a decision, commit and practice. That's what it takes. So for you to go from I'm not enough to I am enough, you must practice. Give yourself the year, whether it's in the group coaching program or on your own, you doing your work, commit to it. If you're interested in the group coaching program, go to the link in the podcast show notes. I am doing um, consults right now for the upcoming group that starts in November. Thanks so much for listening. I'm smiling big for you. On a lake, she is dreaming, she is drifting, never been so wild.